What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current Fishing Podcast. Uh, we are excited to have you all here today. Um, thanks for clicking on the podcast. We're going to talk to you today about uh, flat skiffs. We've had a lot of interest in, in the boat conversations, especially this time of year. Uh, you know, a lot of people fish hard through the winter, but a good amount of people definitely take a break, and it's a good time to kind of assess your gear and talk about gear and pick out new stuff for the, the upcoming year and just kind of discuss boats. Um, so I've got Cameron on here today. And we're going to hop right into this boat discussion. But before we do that, I want to just um, share with y'all about Eric Williams. Um, he's a realtor in town. He's helping my wife and I look for uh, a place to, to build a house out in Rocky Point. And uh, we're excited about that. But if you have any, if you want to buy or sell or anything like that, he is the realtor for you. So check him out. Um, I'll have his information linked in the podcast show notes as well as the YouTube version of this. You guys, if you are watching the YouTube version of this, check out the podcast version of if you're especially if you're on the podcast version, go over and check out the YouTube because we've got a lot more content over on YouTube um, than just the podcast. Also, if you love the podcast and want more of it, um, we're putting out weekly content, extra podcast episodes over on our Patreon page, and that will be linked in the in the show notes and the description as well. So that's all I'm going to get into today, and I'm going to go and bring on Cameron. What's up, man? Not much. Are you uh, about to go skiing? <laughs> yeah, I'm in my I'm in my garage because um, our seven month old child is downstairs right now making quite a uh, quite a stir. So I'm sitting in the garage. It's a little cold out today, so it is a little bundled chilly. up. It is a little chilly. Yeah, we just went. you're bundled up too. That's true. Yeah, I guess the beanie is what gives you away. Hey, you know what? All right, I'll take the jacket. You're well, sweet. Well, yeah, we'll get into our skiff conversation. Um, what so? What do you think makes a skiff such a good tool for inshore fishing? Um, what are some of the I mean, things I, you think? I think, in my mind, the main thing that makes it good for inshore fishing is just this ability to go shallow. Yeah. Um, at least where we live, and I would assume where a lot of people redfish i mean uh in order to get to them a lot of times you have to go through a foot of water maybe even less um so having a boat that has the capability to to get back in some of those shallow areas is always a good thing um and then i would say the second big part of it is just being able to sneak up on fish um having a boat that's quiet and that you can pull um, as we all know, sometimes trolling motor can, uh, isn't the best option if you're, especially if you're sight fishing and you're trying to get really close. Right. Um, so I, in my mind, those are kind of the two big things. Um, what about you? Man, I think the ability there, there's so many things and we'll, we'll try to touch on a lot of them, but the ability to like fish really quietly shallow, I think is so important. Like the, the fact that you can pull and that you can be real stealthy and that there's a lot of you know, thought and effort put into these boats sitting quietly in chop and in water, you know, which, you know, in a bigger bay boat and, and other boats, like I'm sure there's no, you know, no one paying attention to that, but that's a big factor. I feel like in skiffs is mm -hmm. like, it needs to be sit there quietly, even if there's some texture on the water or some chop, you know, especially like tarpon fishing or permit fishing when you're in deeper, you know, bigger water fishing for big bull redfish in Louisiana, like that boat sitting there slapping or making a bunch of hole noise, whole slap noise then 
a good chance you're going to spook those fish before you get into that casting distance with a fly rod. Um, the other thing too is like being able to get back up on plane in a little bit of water. Like it just say you just fish more during the day when you don't have to idle all the way back out of a Creek. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be a spot you could have gotten a bay boat and you could have gotten a skiff, but the bay boat, you've got to idle all the way out and the skiff, you can spin a circle and jump up and run out, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. and be fishing again in two minutes as opposed to idling out for 15 minutes. So um, there, you know, just as many people, I have clients bringing up all the time. They're like, they really want to get a skiff. And I share it's it's a good fit for some people and for other people it's not because it's so one dimensional like it's really just yeah. good for and granted you can definitely go set up and trout fish you know off the trolling motor with it but that fit that boat is designed to fish shallow so where, where do you feel like you've been compromised <clears throat> on your skiff do you feel like you know you're giving some stuff up in shore with it oh definitely <clears throat> um, I think I think to your point though like is it's a very specific tool yeah um and it it if you if all you want to do is sight fish and go fish for trout you know it's at least where we live that then that's the bet for you for sure for you but you know if you got family um if if you want to take it sandbarring if you want to do some near shore bottom fishing or fish the jetty or go trolling for spanish mackerel you know what have you it's it's definitely not the right um tool for that right all right um but as far as like where i compromise is um one you can't take that many people um which is which is a bummer i mean because you know as a as you as you're aware but when you just had a skiff you probably got calls all the time saying hey we got a party of four right and we want to go catch redfish and you're like well my skiff only holds me and two other people right me and two other people and a kid um so i definitely say it it, you get hurt a little bit as far as just the capacity of bringing people in um and then i i just just limitations and where you can fish i mean um I feel like I'm being a little redundant, but, uh, you know, you're, you're pretty much only going to be able to fish, um, the marsh and the river and, uh, maybe on, you know, really, really, really calm days you can go out there and catch some false albacore or Spanish macro, what have you. But, um, you definitely don't get the versatility that some other boats offer. I agree. You know, it's, and there's, that's the same about any boat across the board. Like there's really no perfect boat. I would say the boat that doesn't mo- the most, like does the most is probably a 22 foot bay boat. Like mm-hmm. that's the, probably the most versatile boat out there, but it's, you're still not, you know, dialed in for any certain one thing, you know? So it's, uh, it's tough. I, I think a, a good thing to discuss though is like, all right, there's a lot of people out there that want to skiff. There's a lot of people that just want to short. That's the beauty of a skiff is like small gas tank, small motor. You can still run 30 miles an hour. You're burning $40 of gas a day to fish. I think that's one of the things that's made it so popular is like, especially mm-hmm. here in North Carolina, it's like, wow, we can go sight fish, redfish, and, and, you know, go pull shallow water here in North Carolina. I don't have to have a, you know, 30 foot 
regulator and go offshore to group of fish and troll for mahi like i can have a pretty good time right here in shore and i've seen some people convert from like that offshore fisherman to just having a skiff definitely and, and wanting to I, fish in shore yeah i i think that's what's really interesting too because offshore fishing is like such a commitment it's time consuming <laughs> it costs a lot of money yeah. you gotta have the right boat um and with like inshore fishing, you can always just, you know, oh, I got three hours after work. I can sneak out there and sling a top water <laughs> right. for a couple hours. Um, just a little bit easier in that regard. But I, I think it all just depends on like where your priorities lie and what you want to catch. For um, sure. If you want to catch a little bit of everything, then skiff's probably not for you. Um, if you want to catch some redfish, catch some trout, catch some Spanish mackerel, Go flounder to, flounder yeah <laughs> always forget about that <laughs> I see. They, uh, they hide in the mud you, so they're or you want to go you know troll for king mackerel um maybe on nice days go grouper fishing then uh yeah obviously a <laughs> skiff wouldn't be the call for that but i don't i don't know like at least in my opinion like i started out just all i wanted to do when i really really got into fishing was all i wanted to do was sight fish redfish right and over time, uh, my my desire to learn other types of fishing and catch other types of fish has definitely um, grown quite quite a bit. Um, so there's no one right tool for the job, but no, there's not. There's really not, and that's why you got to have a few boats. But then I I'm dealing with the issues I deal with right now. I've got three boats. I've got a duck boat and a bay boat and a skiff, and. I used to say there's always something wrong with, you know, one of them at all, all times. Like I've got something, I've got to fix one of them, but now it's really just, there's always something and it's just little stuff. It's nothing wrong with the boat. It's just like little, you know, like, Oh, my trim tabs, the fuse went out or my live well pump is burned out. I need to put a new live well pump in or stuff like that. And so it just adds up to like, man, it'd be nice to just have one tiller skiff. If I could just do everything I needed off one tiller <laughs> yeah. skiff, you know, no wiring, just a suction cup light on the on the bow that you go stick up there when you're running. At yeah, night. there you go. That would be so nice, but I, dude, I oftentimes think of like, God, it'd be cool to sell my skiff and go simpler on the skiff. But I don't know. I do love my Maverick; like it does everything I need it to do. But mm-hmm. a lot of times, I'm just drawn to that like simplicity of a, of a skiff. But I also really like the ability to be able to go out and, and trout fish off my skiff and then redfish mm-hmm. and then slide off the beach. Like it, it makes it more versatile. It, I mean, having a skiff that, that is a little bit more boat than like a tiller definitely gives you a lot more versatility than like a little 16 mm-hmm. foot tiller skiff. But, um, there's something so beautiful about just like a, a polling platform, a push pole, no bow platform and a tiller motor and sight fishing for redfish. Like that's a cool, no doubt. Cool little, little scenario but what are some of the features you think for people that that are looking at getting a skiff like what are some i think we should kind of go over some key topics and, and areas that you should really pay attention to maybe some areas that we've made mistakes in the boats that we've bought or things mm-hmm. that we wish we had done differently um does anything ring a bell in your head with with uh with your boat or if you were to build another boat something you definitely want to do um I would say the one thing that I'm really glad that I did get was uh, rod holders on either side of my console. Oh, for sure. Um, and I did. Yeah, I think you actually had recommended that to me when I was building one out. But I don't even really. 
I very rarely use it for rods, but it is super nice to put like your boga grips in there, yeah. your pliers, your you know what have you, extra spools of uh, fluorocarbon, um, scissors, all that stuff you can kind of like stuff in there <laughs> instead of, and it's all really accessible right. instead of having to dig through a hatch. Um, one thing that I wish that I had done uh, is so my polling platform has a fold down backrest uh-huh. but the way that it's built when it's folded down you cannot like step on it to get up onto the polling platform okay. because it's just not built sturdy enough if i had thought about that because getting up on the platform isn't a big deal once you've done it a little bit but if you have someone new on the boat or whatever everyone wants to step on that um on that backrest God, yeah, like, you're, yeah, with yours. It's constantly just like bending down, <laughs> bending down and bending down. So I'm like looking into trying to get like a metal fabricator to build something for it to where it's, it's strong enough to stand on. Because one, yeah. it would make it a lot easier to get up to the point yeah, platform for sure. instead of having to walk around the gunnel and actually climb up. The times that I usually almost fall off the boat is when I try to actually go up the side of the pulling platform. Yes, yes. So I'm getting fat enough that I feel like I could flip that thing over just by being on the side of the <laughs> the polling platform. Yeah, that's that's definitely something I wish um, I had thought of because I do think that they like have an option to to make that something that you can stand on. Um, and then the only other thing that I wish my boat had was just a little extra storage. I think you got to think about. If you're if you're in the market to buy a boat, are you the type of person that's going to keep all your tackle on the boat constantly, or are you going to be the type of person that's going to take it off every time and just kind of take what you need for the day? Right. Um, so, like your boat, for instance, has a ton of storage, which uh, I think is awesome because you can keep stuff for kind of everything. Um, and you don't necessarily have to take it off every time you're you're done fishing. My storage is like fairly small. I mean, it's it's you can keep all that you would ever need for a day of fishing for sure. Um, but I find myself like having to take everything off yeah. and then um, like reorganizing it and taking what I need for that for the next day, what have you. Um, which I feel like I might not do if I had. A lot bigger hatches well it's like a double-edged sword man because because for me i'm i'm one of those people that really wants to be organized like i want to be so organized but i will i'm not even gonna dare pick this computer up and spin it around my office right now because people would probably throw up <laughs> at how unorganized it is but it's it's like i can get things really organized i just have so much trouble keeping them organized and so sometimes i think having a smaller space Mm-hmm. or a bag that I carried each day would be more beneficial for me. Cause what happens, I'll, I'll, you know, every week I'll reorganize, get everything dialed in. And then there's one bag of soft plastics that I can't find. And it's like, mm-hmm. I turn my whole, all my hatches upside down. I'm looking for them. And it's just like this mess. And then you, like, I remember one time this summer I went to clean it up. I had like two full biscuits in one of my hatches, like mm-hmm. from Bojangles with like all my soft plastics. And that I don't know how long they had been in there. Like my stuff can just get so unorganized and, it's it is definitely you know and i feel like as a guide too it, i i want to be a guide where like my client steps on the boat and they're like oh your boat's you know and i keep the boat clean i wash the boat every day um 
but but I'm always like kind of when I'm leaning into my hatch if it's dirty I'll like slide over and kind of lean over in front of it so that people can't see it when I lift in there I'm like <laughs> oh yeah there it is and I can shut it real quick so um, you know sometimes I would I've tried the bringing stuff each day too though but mm-hmm. and I, and I forget stuff that's my other problem so it's like yeah I've got to keep everything I need on the boat but yeah. That that's a I guess that's a good top. Let's talk about organization on the on the boats. Like you're you're okay. a very organized person. What is yeah. what are some of your hacks like as far as how you like to keep things organized and tidy? Um, so I keep. Um, I'll show you. So like, oh yeah, we're in your garage. It's perfect. <laughs> I have these Plano boxes. Yeah. That I absolutely love um but i label them so like this one's albies in spanish and i just i have one of these for like each species that i fish for um and it has everything that i need in it that i like to fish uh as far as like jig heads topwaters hard baits um weedless hooks you know what have you and then I have um, these Plano. Those are the bomb. These things are awesome. These are the uh, Plano like soft plastic binders. That and that's the best binder I've found. I've tried a couple different binders, and that one keeps you from putting too much in there. It keeps it like yeah. real relevant and yeah. So I've like just recently gone through all these and changed them out for like winter colors and so yeah, yeah. the summer colors, but. So I'll bring like, depending on what I'm doing for the day, I'll bring like my redfish box, my trout box, and then a couple of these binders. The ones like jerk shads, ones paddle tails, trout tricks. That's awesome. Ned rig. It ends up <laughs> a, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. I mean, it's definitely happened over time. Like I've slowly replaced my my old um, kind of bait storage stuff and and, right. and have started using those plano boxes but for me that that helps keep me organized for sure um, just because i can say okay i'm going red fishing today i'm gonna take the redfish box and i can look in it really quick and say oh i need some more jig heads i gotta get some fill it back up that's the one method i have not tried i've tried organizing by styles of bait and i'm always like I don't know. I think that would honestly be better. And that helps you carry less. I mean, it is still a lot of stuff, but the fact that you can grab a redfish box and then like three soft plastic containers of different types of soft plastics, I feel like that keeps it pretty straightforward. But it's tough too, like when you incorporate your next boat because you're getting that bay boat, like then you've got to, the question is like, all right, do I load down the bay boat with like all my, what I what I feel like is best is I'll load the bay boat down with terminal tackle, like weights, mm-hmm. hooks, swivels, yeah. all that. And then have a box, like a box or two of like an assortment of different artificials, right? And right. then keep the majority of that stuff in my house. But it's tough. It's one thing if you have both boats right beside each other in your driveway, and you can go and and tinker Switch with them. Stuff easily. But you'll have yours yeah. on the water at a different location. I'll have mine on the water. I have mine at the water at a different location. So it's just tough to. Um, it's a tough yeah, it'll life. get it'll get interesting for sure. I guarantee you there'll be days where I forget something. I've had one or two days where I get out there and I just, luckily it's only ever been like red fishing mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's been spin clients. Maybe I've had one day where I did this and I forgot leader and I had like put two <laughs> new spin rods in the boat 
and didn't have any leader, but I had two fly rods on the other side, so I just went over there and cut a section of the fly line leader off and tied it in as a leader. Um, smart. That's like middle of the that's summer. Super smart. Grinding along, trying to n- not forget anything, and you forget leader. Um, um, I think going back to, uh, like, if you're looking into a skiff, um, the only other thing I'd recommend is... Yeah, and I hope <laughs> this is probably pretty obvious, but definitely go test ride whatever you're looking to buy. Um, and just be like, I didn't pay super close attention when I was riding uh, on my boat when I went and test rode it. The skiff? Um, and the skiff. I mean, I was just like so jacked up just being on a uh, a skiff that I'd like. There was a couple things I didn't notice, which I wish I had. What, what were they? So what if you don't mind sharing. No, no, no. I'm happy to share. All, all of these, all of the issues have been fixed, um, but it took time and it took a little money. Um, but the things I feel like I could have caught on the front end. So one was a boat had like a really big cavitation issue. Um, and for anyone that doesn't know what cavitation is, it's essentially where if you have your motor trimmed up um, or jacked up, and you go to hit the throttle, and it's just like catching a little bit of water, but mostly air. And so you're revving really high, but you're not going anywhere. Um, and a skiff so that'll happen with your when you're turning a lot in the creeks, right? Kind of when yeah. you're running up a creek. Yep. Um, so my boat had an issue with that, and like for the first year, I was just like, okay, I guess this is how this boat is. Um, and luckily, I found a guy, and I think I've talked about this before, but found a guy in Texas who makes like um, custom props for uh, the specific motor that I had. And he makes a like, bunch of custom props for a lot of things, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. I I'm going to, I'm going to link his, I'll get you to send me his stuff and I'll link it in the description. Cause I feel like people yeah. will, will like to know that it changed. he's pretty famous in the skiff world as far as props. Yeah. So he lives in Texas and um, he, he just makes a phenomenal prop. I mean, it changed my boat from like, being kind of frustrating to run in shallow water to where I can have it fully all the way jacked up. I can even trim it up a little bit, put Isn't my trim crazy? caps down and just take off like no problem. No cavitation. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, a little prop. Can, I mean, I guess the prop is the whole only thing that's pushing the boat, but it's crazy. Right, like right. you can it's change important. a prop that much to be able to do that. Yeah. It's an important piece uh, for sure. Um, but then, you know, I didn't have this issue with my boat, but I just think something to try and, like, keep in mind um, when you're test driving is, like, how dry it is. Does it have decent spray rails? Um, are you going to get, you know, no one wants to get soaked right. riding in their skiff, although the first skiff I had, which was a great boat, um, and I did lots of fishing off of it. It was extremely wet, but I didn't really care too much. Um, but if, if that's something that you're concerned about, definitely like take it in crosswind <laughs> or cross chop sure. and just, you know, try and figure out if it's uh, going to be dry enough for you. And then, um, God, there was one other thing I was just thinking. Of. I drove all the way to Texas before I bought my HPXS cause they had just come out. Mm-hmm. My friend Meredith McCord had one and I drove all the way down there to, well, I guess, Sorry, I didn't drive all the way down there. I was in Louisiana and drew, drove six hours to go test drive this S that had just come out. 
um, to make sure I liked it. Because I made the mistake before on a boat I bought, on a skiff I bought. I bought one of those fly boat work skiffs, and it was just not a good boat, not built well. And I was very disappointed in that boat, and so I really wanted to make sure I made a good choice. So it is important, just mm-hmm. adding to your story. Um, no, for sure. And then the, the, I think the last thing I would recommend is if you're planning on polling a lot is to definitely pull it around because um, some boats pull much easier than others. For sure. It's uh, it's crazy. Just like the prop, you know, the way the holes design can play a huge difference in like how your boat tracks and poles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many resources out there to look into different boats, like the whole mm-hmm. truth and micro skiff um, to look into these boats and figure out, you know, kind of what you want. And the, the market's so crazy right now. It's a great time to sell, probably not a great time to buy just like anything out there, but um, definitely get out there and test drive boats and, and, and see what you like. If you could rank the top five flat skiffs in order from like just overall performance and like the, the best boat, there is to the fifth best boat there is what would they be in your opinion um do they have to be ones i've been on <laughs> no if, if you feel like you know a lot about the skiff and you feel like it would be a okay. yeah yeah i'd say i've never been on one um but just from what i've heard and um videos i've seen and uh reviews that i've read i'd say chitam skiffs is probably number one um but you're gonna be they're extremely expensive. Yeah. Um, I will never own one of those boats. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, second, I would say second is probably Hell's Bay um, or Maverick. Which, which, do you know which models of these? So the only ones I've been on is um, the Biscayne. Mm-hmm. Is that the one Alan or Adam has? Yeah. I've been on the Biscayne. That boat was unreal. Yeah. Um, I mean, for for like the Keys and for Louisiana. I, yeah, a little I think too deep draft for here. You just can't get a better boat than that um, for for those areas. Right. Uh, the your boat, the the Mirage HPX Dash S. I've never been on a boat that handles that well. It's it does like. It it's is. not the driest boat in the world. It's not the softest riding, but it, it, it gets you in those creeks. Yeah. Um, I, that boat is like, <laughs> you can take it in any creek, and you will not slide out. It's crazy. That's Have one of the... Do slid I? out on that boat? I've, you, you will blow out if you jack plate all the way up and trim up a good amount. So if you're okay. jacked all the way up and your motor's trimmed, obviously you're going to... There's a point in which that's any boat's going to blow out at like that, mm-hmm. though. Uh-huh. Um, and I do like I like the storage on the uh, on the Maverick. The Maverick does um, have good storage. But I will say I I agree with you. I don't think it's the best riding no. skiff. If it's a little choppy, it's it's uh, a little textury. It'll it'll little textury. you'll feel it a yeah, little bit. It'll bump. But in bigger think, stuff, it honestly does better in bigger stuff than it does in small chop. Like it'll really? it'll handle big crap like pretty freaking good for a skiff. But it since it's so flat that. Yeah in the back like if it's just texture that's when you're going to feel a lot of that bouncing right, and shaking right. but um and then i I'd, I'd say beaver tail probably comes in what's that one two probably fourth. fourth um i like the the things that i really like about my boat is one it's really dry 
and two, it handles chop like super well. Um, it rides really smooth. It's like a little mm-hmm. knife. It's so narrow. Yeah, it is. It is pretty narrow. It pulls really easy, um, and it goes really shallow. And um, the only the, the the downside to it is I just because I've been on your boat, <laughs> I know how well it handles. I'm always like trying to um, compare my my handling of the beaver tail to to the Maverick, and it just there's no comparison. Um, sometimes it's not the handling. Sometimes it's the handler. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're probably right, um, but I think so. The the my boat is just very. Um, it has taken me a, a while to figure out how to like handle that boat yeah. perfectly. Um, and maybe that's the same with with the Maverick, but like my boat will slide out, but you can when you're doing like sharp turns in shallow water, you can you get to start to get a feel for when it's going to slide out and you can adjust to help it from not doing that. Yeah. And sometimes using the slide, like the slide is sometimes helpful. Yeah. It There's areas be. where like, if you can get it on that side and slide across a bar and then drop that motor back in and take off, like it can be helpful, you know? And that sounds silly. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't know how we don't break. It just is it proves how durable our boats are with what, what, what you put them through on a day-to-day basis to get to where our fish live. Um, I'm surprised there's not outboard motors laying all over the creeks on the bottom. <laughs> just ripped <laughs> off of transoms. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I think that one thing that is, is definitely important in a skiff when you're looking at it is, is to find a boat – that you like even within red fishing you've got to find a boat that fits the style of red fishing you want to do if if you want to pull a lot never use a trolling motor you know there's a lot of options if you're wanting to run a trolling motor you got to think about like uh, the crazy thing about a skiff is like batteries and little things like that can be can play such a factor in how that boat performs how that boat hand floats and and handles different you know scenarios Mm -hmm. like uh, me, I have a HPXS. Jeff has an HPXS. His batteries are all the way in the bow. My batteries are in my console, and I feel like having the batteries in the bow really compromises uh, the way the boat rides. It just doesn't ride quite as well as the as with the batteries in the console. Um, so thinking about little things like that it can be important. And then the, the last kind of topic, you know, there it, it and and even with talking about how you know knowing what kind of boat you want within a skiff, you know, Cameron was talking about. A boat that's good for the keys, uh, maybe not good for here, would be something with a little bit more V. Doesn't float quite as shallow, but still could be a great boat for here. If someone wants a skiff that they can go pull around in a foot of water, and and then be more a little more comfortable in bigger water, like maybe someone who wanted to fish the Pamlico Sound from a skiff, something like a Marquesa or HPXS or HPXV, could be a really good boat or a you know a super skiff or a Red Fisher or something. Yeah, like a Red Fisher. Huge Red Fisher. Definitely. Yeah. There's 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 so many options. Um, out there nowadays. I mean, there's. I feel like there's a new skiff company that I see on social media just about every week. There's some new mm-hmm. skiff company popping up. So um, there's definitely a boat out there for you. What do you think? Some of the the top. Um, we'll we'll talk about this and then we'll we'll wrap it up. But what do you think? Some of the the top. Uh, or what would you put on a skiff electronic wise? From bow to stern, you know, aftermarket. Aftermarket. Yeah. Um, I I use a trolling motor quite a bit so yeah. i definitely have a trolling motor um i got the 80 pound 
thrust one. Yeah. Um, I believe that's right. It's the 80-pound yeah. yeah, riptide, 80. right? Yeah. Um, Didn't you have, have a lighter, lighter one before? Yes. So to my, my point was I had I used to have that 55-pound mm-hmm. uh, hand tiller one, which was totally fine for, like, for going around, like, in still water, uh, top watering for redfish type of thing. Um, but if you got in an inlet, and you were trout fishing, it like just wasn't quite yeah. enough. Um, I do really like the mine's a, like an iPilot one. Mm-hmm. I really love it for trout fishing. I would prefer a hand tiller for um, for redfish. Yeah, that is if I'm fishing by myself. If I'm fishing other people, uh, I like the iPilot better just because I can sit on the polling platform and just control it from up there. While two people fish on the bow for sure um and then you mean like as far as um yeah what's what what uh gps do you like and then what kind of uh do you think power poles are worth it on a skiff okay yeah um so i have the simrad oh before we move to that trolling motor if anyone from Encoda listens to this, they need to make a dang trolling motor that is the iPilot with a remote, but has a, a tiller handle that like handle well. telescopes yeah. out of the head or folds down into the head. That would be perfect if you could have both of those in one. I don't know why they haven't done that because it's so easy to like steer it with your leg while you're throwing a topwater and never have to take your hands off. Yeah, if you're fishing by yourself and you're in your red fishing and you're throwing, you know, whatever. Right. Um, it's just so much easier. It's so much to easier. Use the hand tiller, man. And those people will say, "Hey, use the foot pedal." But one, I hate using the foot pedal. My, I'm so ADD, I can't think about my foot pedal and casting at the same time. And two, on a little tiny skiff, when you kind of have, you're just kind of balancing with one foot and trying to keep your other foot on the pedal, like and you're in some rougher water. You're gonna, I would fall off the boat standing right up on the bow <laughs> trying to run that thing. So, um, yeah. the tiller handle and the remote one-on-one would go great. But all right, your yes. screen. What's your screen option? I I have a Simrad. Um, it's the Go series, I believe. Okay. Um, I don't think, like, I've only had an issue with one Simrad, and it was at a terrible time. But um, so far, I mean, they work just fine. And it, really all I'm using it for, I'm not using it for to look at the depth, really, like, ever. Um, I don't have side scans. So all I'm really using it for is just navigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have one of those, um, what are they called? The Navionics chips. Yeah. Platinum Plus. Which is Platinum Plus, which gives you like some satellite uh, imaging of wherever you're at, uh, which is, is super helpful for, especially in the summer when right. the water's a little dirtier and you might have forgotten where one oyster bed is <laughs> uh for that reason it's really nice um i will say on the sim i'm not like i would give my sim red like a five out of ten and one other reason i just thought of for that like median score is because my tracks after like five days just delete themselves well that, i think that's a setting i've tried to find it i can't find it, 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 it this might be a user error um but if anybody knows why it's doing that and can walk me through it that would be greatly appreciated because 
it is driving me crazy. I think my Simrad did that too, but I never tried to mess with it. Um, I've like gone into the track settings and and all that, and I just can't seem to find. Why you want them to last forever? I mean, yes. <laughs> can you save certain tracks? I think you can. I think you can. I'm not. I'm just. I don't want to have to think about that. Though. Yeah. No, no just, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, like you can't. You can't think about that. There's just certain areas that you might run, you know, 15 times a year where, like, knowing the exact line is super helpful from the last time that you ran in there, and my track is never there. Right, right. <laughs> but then down through downtown Wrightsville Beach, you've got about a million tracks yes. that are <laughs> overtaking the entire screen. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> the uh, Wrightsville Beach ramp must have about a thousand tracks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, and you're running a you're running a six foot, six foot power pole. Okay. Um, which I absolutely love. I six mean, foot, you can't go more than six foot on a skiff, or it interferes with the pulling. No, not on a not on like a really shallow water skiff. I right. wouldn't say. Um, that thing's awesome. Power pole makes a freaking awesome product. Their customer service is incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Um. And it's super helpful. I mean, I use it all the time. And uh, that's about all I got to say about that. No, I'm with you. That's it's the one so thing. so good. That's the one thing I've, I, every year I'm like, all right, I'm going to put a power pole in this winter. And I just never do it. I had my first gift that I guided out of had a power pole. And then it's always just like that that 15 or that, let's say, probably $2,000 that I'm like, I just don't want to spend that right now. I can't spend that. But meanwhile, yeah. I, I don't know what else I spent. I spend $2,000 on all kinds of other random junk that I don't need and never put a power pole on my boat. So. Well, it's definitely it's definitely a convenience thing. Especially like, this time of year. You, yeah, you don't need it. And you can definitely fish just as well without one. Um, but, you know, I'd say especially if you're fishing by yourself, it's nice. For sure. Um, or if you're just posting up and you don't like, if you're fishing people and you don't want to just sit on the pole right. to keep yourself in place all the time, it's nice to be able to have that option. But it, but by no means is it like a necessity. Right, right. I like it. Well, guys, if you don't have a skiff, it's definitely a great option out there if you like fishing shallow water. Uh, and even if you like fishing bigger water, there's skiffs out there that can really allow you to do both. So. Um, if you've got any skiff questions, please reach out to Cameron or I. His info, info is at the bottom of the screen. I'll also put it in the show notes um, if you're just listening to the podcast. But but Cameron's a great resource um, as far as any type of boat question goes. Um, feel free to reach out to myself as well. Um, and, you know, skiff's a great boat, so give it a shot. And uh, thank you all again. A, a little reminder, if you do want some more uh, podcast some more podcast episodes and some more, uh, you know, some more content from us. Go check out our Patreon page. I'll have that linked below. Uh, but as always, thanks a lot, guys, and we will see you next week. Later.